Next step number 729, Ascension Day, May 26th, 2022. It is a problem. Hi there, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries. Thanks for tuning into the next step with Father Vodskan. We are the voice of Armadoxy, a weekly podcast started in 2008 that looks at life through the lens of Armenian Orthodoxy. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. In these weekly episodes, you will find that Father Vosgan's messages are timely, thought-provoking, and based on the solid principles of Christ's love, faith, and hope. Now, let's get ready to take the next step. So 40 days after the resurrection... Ascension takes place. And we read in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This is right after the resurrection. We read here that Jesus talks to the disciples, the eleven, the eleven that had assembled together. And he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing up into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so we have the story of the ascension, Hamparzum in Armenian. Today is exactly 40 days after Easter. Yes, you can count it, do the math, or count it on your fingers and toes if you have an extra set of toes that you can uh, do it, right? What do you need? You need 40? You need like, uh, yeah, double hands and double double toes. Okay, so for all of our non-alien community, just count it twice on your hands and toes. From April 17th this year, 2022, to today, May 26th, is exactly 40 days. And so today is the Feast of Ascension. And this is recorded in... The book of Acts in chapter 1, which is the continuation of the Gospel of St. Luke. So St. Luke writes two books, one which, well, he writes this one book, but we in the church have uh, separated them. One is called the Gospel of Luke, basically the story of Jesus from his birth to his resurrection and his appearance to the disciples. And then the second book is the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And in there, it starts off with Jesus ascending to heaven, leaving. And the reason why I chose this particular passage today, not obviously, it's the story of ascension, but the words of the two men, it says two men dressed in white. Now you could assume them to be uh, angels. You could assume them to be, you know, just decent people. <laughs> people who are wearing white that day, I don't know. Um, it doesn't say. It doesn't say who they were. It just says two men were, were standing there and says, 
and, and turned to the disciples who were looking. You, you can kind of imagine this, right? Jesus ascending into heaven, and these disciples are just like looking with their mouth wide open, like, huh? Is this really happening? Are we really witnessing this? I don't know if we can go to the extent of saying like, you know, they're looking up and wondering like, how is this being done? Where are the mirrors? Where are the, the steps? How's he going up into heaven? But one thing for certain, they are looking up. And that's that's the message that comes to us today. Why are you looking up? Jesus came into this world and he brought a message and then he instructed them. Go, therefore, and teach people. In other words, ascension. Jesus is leaving us, but he's saying, you're going to have somebody here to remind you of what happened. The Holy Spirit. But until the Holy Spirit comes, don't leave. But as soon as the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be empowered. You're going to be able to take this message. You're going to be empowered with the tools to take this out. And of course, that alludes to the, the Feast of Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit, the receiving of the gifts of speaking, of languages, of tongues, and, and so on. We see that, you know, scripturally, it, it follows in the book of Acts. But for us today, the message is very clear. Why are you looking up? And I'm using that as a theme today because I think we often do that. After Jesus leaves us, we keep looking up and saying, okay, Jesus is about something to come, about something that's happening up in the, in the heavens. But the message that we're getting today is why are you looking up? Look around you. There's work to be done. You know, put your tongue back in your mouth. Wipe up the drool. Okay, this is like overwhelming. You're seeing this. Okay, it happened. But don't forget, this is the same Jesus who healed the sick, who gave recovery of sight to the blind, who allowed the paraplegic to stand up, who revived Lazarus, and most importantly, three days after a horrid, horrid event which we today call crucifixion, after this horrible event, Jesus rose. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. It's the same Jesus. So put your tongue back in your mouth. Stop looking up. Look around you. Because he came with a message to do the healing, to give the recovery of sight to the blind, to, to heal the brokenhearted, and to... Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he came to do. Luke chapter 4. The same author who writes the book of Acts records that incident of Jesus, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And so it's very fitting that in the book of Acts, Luke, St. Luke, records the beginning of the work of the apostles with this very very poignant statement. Why are you looking up? Look around you. This is where the sick are. This is where the healing has to take place. These are the blind. These are the people who have eyeballs but can't see, who have ears but can't hear, who have hearts but they don't beat. And so Jesus 
gives this commandment to the disciples. Go out there. Become my church. Go out there and heal the sick. Go out there and talk to them about the acceptable year of the Lord. And he says, I'm with you. I'm with you till the end of the ages. Don't worry about that. That's my promise to you. Okay? Believe me this time. You didn't believe me last time. Just a few weeks ago, yeah, you know, you came into Jerusalem with me. You told me that you were going to, you were singing Hosanna, but you didn't believe me. The cock crowed three times and you've already denied me. One of you betrayed me. It's okay. I went up on the cross and then you saw me. Okay, now believe me. Believe me and don't look up. Look around you instead. Look at the world that you find yourself in. And see where there needs to be healing. And go and do the work. Become my body. Become my church. I'm saying this also because this week, once again, we witnessed the horrible reality in this beautiful country called the United States of America. A land of opportunity, which it truly is a land which has so many resources, and we say, God bless America, a land where truly freedom rings. And yet, in this country, we have this reality of people shooting each other, killing each other. And again, yesterday, yesterday, we heard about the killing of of the innocent, of the children. Some guy gets a gun and he goes out and shoots people. And what's horrible about this is that this is not a singular event. It's taking place day after day. We keep hearing, we keep being incensed to the point that we are so so, so desensitized to this type of murder that we just kind of like accept it, that it is, well, it's here's another one. Here's another one. And we have these standard sayings. I've spoken about this in the past. It's nothing new, but I want to share with you a newness today in that has to do with don't look up. Look around you. Don't look up. Look around you. The same message that was said in the scriptures to the disciples. Don't be looking for pie in the sky. Don't be looking for Jesus up there in the clouds. Let's start looking for Jesus all around us. Let's start looking at what conditions we have all around us. Because the sad reality, and and this is something that I've spoken to many people outside of our country, outside of the United States, And I know we have so many listeners. Uh, I would love to hear from you. So many listeners from outside the United States. Tell me what your reaction is to this. Because for many people, it's just incomprehensible. You cannot, not. I'm not saying unbelievable, but incomprehensible. In other words, I can't comprehend how you have all of this this goodness that you talk about the United States. All of the luxury that we think about. And yet, you're out there and you're killing people, which seems like, you know, randomly done. And yeah, I know there's explanations, but can there really be an explanation for this? 
Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you this story today because um, you've heard me talk about this ad nauseum. We talk about it in the case of war. You know, like today, we talk about the 20 kids that were killed inside of a classroom. But just a week or two ago, we heard about a bomb that hit a hospital in the Ukraine. Just a year ago, we heard about in Armenia, the children, the innocent that were killed by the Azeris. And we somehow get desensitized to the reality. And we find nice little ways to compartmentalize. Well, this is taking place in war. This is taking place during a genocide. So, you know, somehow there's different rules. And then when it comes down to this, we can't seem to understand because we can't compartmentalize. There isn't a pigeonhole that we could put all the elements to it. Now, on top of that, we don't have answers at this point. And I'm going to play for you a small little uh, clip from NPR. I just heard it this morning. So this is coming out exactly, I'd say, 12 hours after the shooting takes place. Listen. This shooting in Uvalde, Texas, follows a familiar pattern. After all these killings at schools, there are declarations of never again. And then that question, how do we prevent the next one? Does this sound familiar? Never again. Have you heard that? Oh, we Armenians have heard that a lot. In fact, we get that from politicians. Never again will we allow genocide to happen. Never again will we allow people to be innocently slaughtered. Never again. Yeah, yeah. But then again, it does happen, right? And after it happens, we have the usual the usual scenario, right? People saying, oh, we've got to do something about it. Our condolences, our heartfelt prayers are with the people of that town, that school, that area that was hurt. Our heartfelt, our heartfelt prayers. And you think they will, jeez, it, it should bother us. It's like people looking up. It's like people looking up and not looking around. The two men standing there and saying, why are you looking up? Take care of this. What do you mean heartfelt prayers? This is tragic. This is beyond belief. And then you have the usual stuff. You know, you have the playing of Amazing Grace. We'll hear that in the next couple days. The funerals of these children and the Amazing Grace, which is, again, makes us sensitive and then desensitized again, instead of us just being outraged to the point where we say we will not tolerate this anymore. We need to do something about it. We need to do. We can't be looking up. We got to do something about it. But after the Amazing Grace is sung, people will, will debate it. They'll talk about how guns need to be Locked up, how guns need to be put away, like licensing. You can't uh, license it to everybody. But there's something more to it than that, isn't there? It's the fundamental question. Why? Why are these things happening? Why are we in such an affluent country as this still resorting to this kind of behavior where we're just killing people, shooting people? And... We hear all kinds of answers. People saying, you know, we need more of this. We need more laws. But also we are hearing about people who are calling for more religion. 
more religion. And I saw uh, somebody posted a thing. We need to read the Bible. Really? Read the Bible? Think about it, okay? There's a lot you got to be able to answer if you read the Bible. The first murder. Do you know what the first murder is in the Bible? It's you, you can look at it. You can read it. Takes place in Genesis, Cain and Abel, fraternicide, two brothers, one kills the other, because one made an offering of fruit to God, the other one made an offering of an animal to God, and God decided one was better than the other, was acceptable than the other, and so it caused jealousy or something, and it made one of the brothers take it out on the other one, I mean, what? You talk about Noah's Ark. Wow, there's a beautiful story. Except what happens there? Everybody in the world is horrible except for this man Noah and his kids. So God says, okay, we're going to wipe out everybody. Except for this one man, Noah, and his family. And all the species, all the animals. We're going to put them into the floating zoo. Two by two. All of the animals except the unicorn. Put them in and let them go and find a place where they can start life again. Wow, that's really beautiful. Noah starts off again. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Back up a little. Can you explain to me why everybody else in the world was just horrible people? Well, they had built idols. They had built all kinds of, uh, their lifestyle was horrible and all this. I guess that's it, right? But wait a minute. What about the kid that was born yesterday? What about the kid that was born a year ago? What about these little children? You mean these people had these unforgivable sins that God just said, let's wipe them out? So when before you start saying, let's go read the Bible, that Bible needs to be presented in a proper way. And that's why when you study the Bible, and I've always told you, you've got to start with the New Testament. You've got to start with the story of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the link to, to our eternity. And by that, all I mean is not looking up, but it's a sensible way of making sense out of this life today, by saying that, you know what? I have to be out there on the field, not looking up, but looking around me to spread the love, to share the love, to, to talk with people, to be able to embrace, to, able, to be able to be an ambassador for Christ here in this world, not in a world to come. And I know that sounds kind of odd, right? You say, oh, wait a minute, this guy's a priest and he's uh, saying we shouldn't be reading the Bible. I didn't say that. I just said that the Bible, when we talk about Bible, you have to know what it's about. You have to have it in context. For instance, I gave you a scenario about the Noah's Ark. It sounds horrible the way I presented it, right? Well, if you read it, that's how it gets presented, okay? You just read it. No, this is why you need the church, the author who put it all together, who brought that Bible to us, to make you understand that in these stories, there are some basic truths. The facts aren't what we're, we're focusing on. The other day I did a, um, 
a Bible study. They they called me in and from one of the churches and asked me to do a Bible study on the book of Revelations. That Revelation, yeah, it's a beautiful book, but it's a prophecy. You've got to be careful. You're not a prophet to interpret it. And you've got to also heed the warning that comes in Revelation. You can't add to it. You can't discount from it. And the minute you start interpreting, the minute you start saying, well, this is what a horseman means. This is what 666 means. The minute you say that, you're interpreting. You got to get over this notion that, you know, it's a Bible-based church. And so, therefore, there's no interpreting. No, if it's a Bible-based church, you're listening to someone's interpretation. Just like about cafeteria Catholics or cafeteria Christians. They pick and choose this or that. Our whole existence is a cafeteria. Even the Bible itself that we base it on is the Bible particularly is a cafeteria because each of the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, picked out stories that they wanted to get across to their readership. Okay? And in fact, it says that there was so much, there was so much more that Jesus had done. But why was it that these particular stories were taken out, were presented to people? That's the cafeteria. There's a reason. And the church, the body of Christ, the organization that Jesus Christ, yes, I said organization, he did leave an organization. Jesus Christ gave us the church and it's the church that gave us the Bible. Yeah, the church existed at crucifixion. The church existed at resurrection. In fact, the church existed in the year 100 and 200. There was no Bible. There was a church, the body of Christ. And so, don't look up begins with us looking around. That's where the church begins. All right, let's take a break right now. We do every week. We feature a song that gives us an opportunity to digest some of what's been said and also to enjoy a good tune. How about this one for this week?
the sound of the Santur. That beautiful, huh? It's a three-volume set, three-volume CD set that just I, I just recently got. And I want to tell you that I could point you in a direction, but I can't. I looked them up to find out if uh, what the story is on this, because there's very little in the liner notes except for the names. In fact, they actually do Besame Mucho, my favorite, on Santur. I didn't pick that out for to feature today, but you could imagine. Well, why don't we play? Okay, let me give you a little Besame Mucho. Anyway, I've been listening to these. Uh, it's a it's, it's three album set. Volume one is uh, a combination of different songs uh, from different genres. The uh, the Santur is played by Sarkis Petrosian, and Hamayag Hovanesian is doing the piano arrangements. Volume two is dedicated to Sayat Nova, uh, Sayat Nova's music, and volume three is more traditional Armenian music. Whereas Sayat Nova would be more troubadour, Armenian troubadour. Sayat Nova, um, yeah, so volume three is Armenian music from the 19th and 20th century. A beautiful instrument, the santur, it is played with mallets. My dad had one, so as kids we'd always be there, like hitting the hitting those strings with the mallets, and it made this beautiful, beautiful uh, sound and of course, we didn't have the capability of playing it the way that Sarkis Petrosin has played it on this one. So I hope you enjoyed it. Listen, I, I cannot find anything on the internet apart from a concert which was given under the banner The Sound of Santwood in, uh, let's see, in Texas, Austin, Texas. So if I can't find anything else, I will make sure that that link is on our show notes. But hopefully by the time we publish this podcast, I'll have some more information. So do check out the show notes. And as I always say, you know, support our musicians. They just bring so much beauty to our to our life, as I think you agree that that's the case with this particular music. Back to our show. <laughs> Welcome back. We are calling today's show Stop Looking Up. And I was just reminded by Susie that there was a there was a movie like that a couple years ago, right? Or oh last year. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, that's right. The same actor who had the same drama coach that I did. Yes. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a great movie. If I I saw it, I did watch it. Merle Streep was in it, and but completely different premise. Today we're using those same words, and it it, it didn't click in my head um, until just now that it is those same words. But it was it comes to us from scripture. It comes to us from the the acts of the apostles where saint luke is documenting 
the work of the apostles following the resurrection. And we've got them looking up into heaven like, whoa, Jesus is in heaven. And they get smacked in the face and they get told, stop looking up. Look around you. That's what Jesus was about. It wasn't about looking up. It's about look around you. There's so much that needs addressing, so much that needs the body of Christ, the healing power of Christ right here in this world. And you have been empowered to be that body of Christ, namely the church, to do the work that Jesus Christ tells us to do, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the sick, to console the bereaved, to be here in this world, to be the Jesus, the body of Christ in everything that we do. I mean, look how easy that is. But we complicate it by looking up. Now, you know, I've been sharing with you for a few weeks now, a few months now, actually, that we're on the verge of moving things around at Apostle. And I really wanted to have more of a straight out um, like a launch where we address everything but let me tell you about two interesting new programs that we have under the Apostle banner one of them is the TikToks these are small little things which I wasn't really keen on doing at the beginning but they are so popular so popular they are just taking off virally people are watching them if you get out to see TikTok it's called the Elevator Priest very simple download. Just download the TikTok app and look up Elevator Priest. I think there's something like maybe 10 different shows that are out. And they're all very short, very small little things. Items of faith. Some of them we have a lot of fun with as well. But the bigger show that I, I want to put together, and I'm just on the verge of putting together staff. This will probably be previewing in September but the reason I'm telling you about it it has to do with not looking up and that's namely that we have so many youth that attend different schools uh, and they're very connected with one another very very connected on social media but also inter inter school platforms where they can talk and share with one another that we're going on a snow trip this week, or those of you who live in snow, (laughs) we're going on a sun trip, we're going to spring break this week, join us here at this place or that place. And this is how we bring uh, bring together students, and they network with one another. But where are the big issues? Where are the big issues and who's addressing them? And this is what I want to do. Uh, We're going to be starting a new show. And it'll be geared towards the young people in the schools to talk about issues that most people don't talk about. Are they taboo subjects? I don't know. I don't think there's any taboos left today. But there certainly are Issues that will ruffle a few feathers, and especially within church community. But to me, this is where the church is. Not looking up, but looking out. Looking around. For instance, 
drinking on campuses. This isn't anything new. This is something that was around, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago. Hazing, drinking. And now we have the, the drinking has become such a problem that, that uh, young people are poisoned. They put so much alcohol in their system that there's, there's uh, it's like a toxin. It's a poison inside of them. Drug, drug abuse. How many kids' funerals have I done as a priest? And how many priests are there? Where you get to a point where you say, enough is enough. I don't want to do any more of these. Why aren't we taking the proactive and addressing these situations? Exactly what happened this week when when the shooter the active shooter went into the classroom. Again, everyone's saying, why aren't we being proactive? Okay, let's be proactive on the things that we can. You know, in my office, I have this beautiful prayer that it's a reminder every day for me. Lord, grant me the serenity. This is from Reinhold Niebuhr, famous uh, uh, theologian of the 20th century. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. The courage to change those things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. There are certain things that you cannot control. Right now, California is in a drought. I mean, unless you have the, the patent on and, and how to implement desalinization overnight, this is something you cannot control. But you can do your part right? You could water less, you could uh, take your showers uh, quickly and soap up and then anyway, there's a whole assortment of things that you can do, but it's not going to solve the problem. The wisdom to know the difference of the things that you can control and you can't. Drug abuse, alcoholism, these are things that we need to be addressing because it's in the capacity of people to do it. Gender issues are huge right now. And, you know, it used to be a couple of years ago that they talk about gay and lesbian relationships, and these were the taboo subjects. Now we're getting into trans transgender, people who are born one way and want to be another way. And these all need addressing. Right now in the United States of America, once again, abortion is a topic that you cannot escape. And just this morning, Oklahoma put together the toughest abortion laws in this country, namely from time of fertilization, no abortion. And this is going as a challenge right to Roe v. Wade. And people in here in America are up in arms. Uh, you know, it's a changing, it's an evolving society. And people look at you and they say, well, you're a priest and therefore you need to follow this. No, I don't need to follow people. I need to accept what Christ has taught us. Just as when they come and uh, tell me that, oh, you're a priest and you want prayer in school. No, that doesn't mean I want prayer in school. Because once you open the doors for prayer in school, it means everybody gets to pray. And, you know, some people are scary. I remember a couple of years ago, I was at a, a Martin Luther King um, event at uh, one of the local community colleges. And they asked me to make a presentation. And I did about uh, Dr. King and, 
and and his closeness to the gospel. And next thing I knew, we had somebody from a different faith get up and started quoting some very, very absurd things. And all under the guise that, well, Dr. King was a reverend and so he would appreciate it. No, he wouldn't. And these are things that we got to be very, very careful about when you just blanket them. And so what we're trying to do is we're going to be putting together this show, a forum where young people have an opportunity, not with me, but with with younger people, younger hosts that can talk about, yeah, did you notice that? I said younger. <laughs> they need to, to, to have that opportunity to talk and to share things that are important in their lives. Uh, how many more funerals do we have to do? of young children, of young kids who have succumbed to drug addiction? How many more times do we see a need to see killings? How many more times do we have to witness suicide? I mean, it is a very real world out there. And our church has a message to be giving and to be sharing, one which I feel we, we do here on the next step. But we have to have the courage to stand up and change those things that we do have the ability to do. And I think that right now we're giving this opportunity, this fantastic opportunity to use technology, to use this medium to reach out people in ways that we can't otherwise. And so I'm excited. This is where Epostle is going to be going. Not looking up, but looking around. And so if you walk away with one little message today, it's like understand that the role of the church is right here in this world. I know everyone has taught you about a life to come. Listen, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, when he teaches you the Lord's Prayer, he says, your heavenly Father already knows what your needs are. This is Matthew chapter 6. Your heavenly Father, think about it, your Father, He knows what your needs are. Therefore, pray like this. Interesting, right? He doesn't say put a shopping list together and present it to God and say these are the things you need. He doesn't say, no, God's a Santa Claus and you know if you've been if you've been nice, He's going to fill your order. And if you've been naughty, no, 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 you're not getting anything. He doesn't say any of that. Instead, he says, pray like this. Our Father, a Father who already knows the needs of his children. And by saying our Father, I understand that my Father, your Father, all of our fathers. And so when I look at other people, I have to see them as reflections of God, as I hope that they see the reflection of God in my life. Our Father, who is in heaven, May your name be holy. May your kingdom come. It's not about some time in the future. Right now, Jesus Christ came and he enacted the kingdom. The kingdom through Jesus Christ is ours. And it's accessible to everybody. To the rich, to the poor, to the lowly, to the, to, to the empowered. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Because your will is done in heaven, let it be here on this earth. 
And so when our Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, there was only one one message that was given. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That's it. Not about peace on earth and a heavenly light. No. It's peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Let's understand that now we have a chance to become brothers and sisters in Christ, in God. Give me today my daily bread. I need to live. But in living, let me understand that I need to forgive. And the only way that I'm going to forgive is by looking at the example that my sins are forgiven. If I expect them to be forgiven, I need to forgive the sins of others. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses, my sins, as I forgive those who trespass against me. That's the condition. And then lead me not into temptation. I don't want to go anywhere near temptation. But deliver from me from evil. That's my wish, God. And I will always say that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And so what we want to do is we want to start looking around. Instead of looking up. Because our Heavenly Father already knows. Already knows what your needs are. Better than you know. He knows that you want to be united. He knows that you want to be part of this big community. He knows that you want to be in heaven. And trust him. Trust him that he will deliver you. You will be there. You will be there. You need to trust. And if you trust, then all you do need to say is that Lord's Prayer. With that full confidence that Jesus Christ, the Savior of this world, is taking you with him. I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be also with me. You know the way and you know how to get there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but by me. There it is. (laughs) Don't we complicate it. Don't we complicate it by making conditions and things that God himself hasn't put on there. God's condition is one. Love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? He sacrificed. So let's do it. Let's give of ourselves. But you see, this is the conversation that we need to get out there. A conversation of living. And the only place that that can happen. And the only one who legitimately can do that is the body of Christ the presence of God here in this world. Okay, certain things I cannot escape. One is with a piano player. Once he brings that piano into the studio, I've got to relinquish. Here's Susie. Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. 
By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, our listeners, for all of your prayers, your support. I love those messages you send me, the emails. Read them all. Thank you very much. And God bless you for everything that you bring into this ministry through your prayers. Listen, this Sunday, this is Memorial Weekend here in in the United States. And we do celebrate those people who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country and for the lives of others, for freedom. And uh, it is a beautiful country if they allow it to be. And it is beautiful because of this sacrifice, a sacrifice of love. You know, in the Armenian church, the symbol of love is not the small little heart. You know, Hallmark would let you believe that. (laughs) Forget about Hallmark. Our symbol is the cross. It's a life of sacrifice. That's what love is all about. Jesus exemplified that and he called us to do the same. Memorial Day gives us a chance to think about those people who made that ultimate sacrifice. We salute all of those who did exactly that. During this Memorial Weekend, let's see, two weekends actually, this Sunday and the following Sunday, I will be at the St. Gregory Armenian Church, my former uh, parish, to celebrate the Divine Liturgy. And you can look on our show notes today. And there will be a link that will take you to the St. Gregory. Actually, I like going there because out of all the churches, they really have a great system to to stream the the service. And so please join us for the entire service. It starts at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. And I'll be giving a sermon. Actually, St. Gregory is also one of the places where I get to give a sermon in both languages, if I can remember my English, you know. Sometimes it gets hard up there. (laughs) Those of you who have been with me know what I'm talking about. Yes, English, I did say that. Okay, so the next two weeks I'll be there. And uh, if you are around Sunday mornings in the Pasadena area, please join us there. Listen, you can follow up on the mothership in issues.org and also we're on all the socials. So do look us up, do drop us online, and most importantly, like I said before, pray for us because I pray for all of you. All of you who drop me lines and let me know you're in my prayers and I take you up to the altar. On behalf of this wonderful team who put together today's show, Susie, my producer, and on behalf of myself, Father Boskan, forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. And now here's the fine print.
The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew of vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. I'd like to ask you if uh, you're, you're seeing the same sky as we are. Uh, bye.